Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Rejected, ignored, and fired. Could the constant reminders of Brian Koberger's incompetencies drive him to commit the murders of four Idaho students? A man whose sheer disdain for women led him to these murders, allegedly, while the students had their entire lives ahead of them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In this video, we take a look at more of Brian's creepy actions and his deliberate premeditative behaviors and the numerous rejections he faced along the way. So now, let's get into it. Brian had interviewed for one of two positions at the Pullman Police Department in April of 2022. He was one of four candidates that applied for this research assistant position. The job description posted by the school reads, the purpose of these positions is to support each agency through data management and analysis and to position them for success when they seek external funding. The job is described as a graduate research assistantship and it was created by the university to support the local police department. The tasks included database design, management, and analysis of agency data, report writing and grant writing, and providing supervision to undergraduate research assistants. Brian had an online meeting with the police chief, Gary Jenkins, who has been since hired as the campus chief of police of Washington State University. Brian had an email afterwards as well, and we'll get to that in a minute. But what's not clear is if this position is the same that was referenced in the arrest affidavit. But the affidavit states, these records also showed Koberger wrote an essay when he applied for an internship with the Pullman Police Department in fall of 2022. Koberger wrote in his essay he had interest in assisting rural law enforcement agencies with how to better collect and analyze technological data in public safety operations. Koberger also posted a Reddit survey, which can be found by an open source internet search. This survey asked for participants to provide information to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision making when committing a crime. So he was interviewed in April and in May was when the Reddit survey came out asking about criminals and their behavior. It's unclear though whether Brian was hired for the job and the city of Pullman declined to answer whether he was or not. So the job was set to begin on August 22nd and the murders occurred on November 13th. Now August 21st was the first day of school and it was said that Brian moved sometime in August from Pennsylvania. So the question is, was he hired or wasn't he? We know that he had a job at Washington State University as a teacher's assistant. So you'd think from all this chitter chatter that maybe we have, would have heard that he did work for them. But let me know if you know that detail down below. The email from Brian to the police department after the interview states, Chief Jenkins, it was a great pleasure to meet with you today and share my thoughts and excitement regarding the research assistantship for public safety. I look forward to hearing from you. Best regards, Brian. The response from Gary Jenkins says, Brian, great to meet and talk with you as well. 
Gary. Could Brian have applied for this position to access confidential information, police databases, etc., in preparation for these murders? And this is going to be a very interesting argument as well from the prosecution about premeditation, especially with all the other evidence surrounding this case. We know that the authorities went as far back as June when Brian actually obtained a new phone. And then recently it came to light that two weeks before the murders, Brian sent a series of messages to one of the victims on Instagram. And it says in late October, Brian Koberger's account sent a message and it says when he didn't get a reply, he sent several more messages. One source states he slid into one of the girl's DMs several times, but she didn't respond. Basically, it was just him saying, hey, how are you? But he did it again and again. The source didn't say which one of the girls it is. Let me know if you've heard of anything, but there has been a bit of speculation. Brian did follow the accounts of Zana, Kaylee, and Maddie. And what's interesting about these messages, it coincides with the time that detectives are saying that Brian stalked his victims. And that was through cell phone pings, not only for Brian, but also the victims as well. Not so bright, eh, Bri? Once this information came to light, people started talking. One person said they presumed that it was Kaylee who was the target, and it said if this is true, it had to be Kaylee, right? Zana and Maddie both had pictures with their boyfriends. Now, I don't think that matters to someone like, you know, Brian, in my opinion. Let me know what you think, but I don't think that would deter him. Another person said, I would think it probably would not have been Kaylee because I already know the family would have gone public with it as soon as they checked his name in her message request. So they say Madison or Zana. One more person wrote, I really think that Maddie was the intended target. It was her room they were in. We know this because per PCA, he walked to sliding glass door after Zana's room and seems like he knew where to go since they were the first killed. In recent articles, it talked about Zana and her injuries and they were confirming that Kaylee and Maddie were first and Zana and Ethan were last, speculating that Ethan and Zana, because he was allegedly on the floor first, um, partially outside the room, that he was first and then Zana was last, presumably. But authorities really didn't respond to as to why Brian didn't get a message back from whoever the intended target was. And it could be as simple as the victim didn't realize that she was getting a message request because she didn't follow him back. The source said, she may not have seen them because they went into message requests, and that's because she didn't follow him back on Instagram. We're still trying to determine how aware the victims were of his existence. And there's been several experts weighing in on this, and a former FBI investigator believes that his actions in trying to reach out is a symptom of the incel complex. We've heard this quite a bit with Brian Koberger that he's an incel. But a security expert says, the murders may have been an effort to assert some type of dominance. I believe a continued stabbing of a victim indicates an uncontrollable rage and extreme anger. He says that Brian is described as socially awkward with a long history of interpersonal problems. I think he may have developed a sort of incel complex. For those of you who don't know, the term incel is an abbreviation of involuntary celibate and it's generally used to refer to men who struggle to establish romantic or sexual relationships. The identity is occasionally linked to misogynistic online forums and in extreme cases, crime. Dr. Carol Lieberman, who is a forensic psychologist, talked about this and she said he does fit the incel profile. She says, I've been saying from the beginning that he's an incel and she's really convinced about it because she says the choice of victims he chose targeted mostly female college students. Now, I do have an argument there because this town is small and it's mostly of college students, but I do see what she's saying, but I just wanna, you know, 
point that out. She says incels like to be known for when they kill people or when they have a conquest like this. On one hand, he wanted to commit the perfect crime and not be caught, but on the other hand, he did want to be caught and be proud in a sense of what he did. And we do see that dichotomy. On one hand, we see the prep work and the premeditation, the stalking and certain carefulness, I guess. And the other hand, we see the sloppiness, so to speak. So there's question for sure about del being deliberate about things and then doing things like leaving the knife sheath behind. Although I had questioned throughout that maybe that was on purpose. So even though Brian went to Washington State University, there were multiple sightings of Brian around the Idaho campus prior to these murders. Three students have come forward saying they saw Brian there. And according to law enforcement, they also said that Brian spent some time at the University of Idaho. A mother of a student said, whether or not he is guilty of killing those kids, there's something wrong if a grown man who isn't a student can just wander around campus. A sophomore at the university said, it was really early in the semester, he was at the food court of the student union, drinking water, he sat by himself. He was the type to stare, he wouldn't look away if you caught him staring, like he wanted you to notice that he was looking at you. He didn't smile, didn't nod, didn't say anything, just stared. I told my friend to not be suspicious, but to look at him because the eye contact was making me uncomfortable. It was so weird that we ended up leaving and eating outside because we wanted to get away from him. We hear this over and over about how he seems to creep people out. There were similar reports back at a bar in Pennsylvania where the bar owner had a system where the employees could make notes and anyone who came in and swiped their ID, they'd be able to see these comments about it. More on that in a minute. Around campus though, it was reportedly that Brian was seen so many times that another student thought that he was actually a student there. She said, it's not a huge school, it's like a small town. So you start seeing the same faces again and again. They become familiar, like you know that you've seen them in class or around campus. I definitely saw him more than once. He was just really quiet and really intense staring. He made me uncomfortable. So I wonder what his daily course schedule looked like back at the university that he's from and what the timeline looked like. And this one witness saw him so much that she thought he was actually a student there. So I find that interesting. Now imagine Brian sitting in the food court picking and studying his victims. It's really chilling. A third student did also tell the news outlet that they recognized Brian after he was arrested and charged from seeing them at school. Now in one of my previous videos, I brought up a picture of Zana Kernodal, her friend, and standing in front of the sorority house. And in the reflection of the window, you could actually see a white vehicle that matches the description of a white Hyundai Elantra, which is the car that Brian drove. So now with confirmation of Brian being on campus and numerous people seeing them, this makes it even more likely or quite probable that that vehicle was actually Brian's. And this date was on November 7th only a week before the murders. All this information gathered is not, starting to really not look good for Brian. Now in the probable cause document, it stated that there were 12 known times that Brian stalked the victims since June of 2022. 11 of them were in the late evening, early morning hours, and one of them was not. And we don't even know about the unknown times he was surveilling the victims. So there could be so much more, right? And in Zana's picture, that was taken during the day. So I wonder if that's one of those times. It's quite possible, maybe even probable. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Now let's talk about the other occasions when Brian has made 
women uncomfortable because there's several. Back in high school, a classmate said, who was in the same grade as Brian at Pleasant Valley High School, said, Brian was known to be an awkward creep and an outcast who didn't have very many friends and repelled girls. She said he struggled with a heroin addiction, which we have heard. She said, if he tried to flirt with a girl or anything, they'd got a weird feeling in their stomach. I had that feeling towards him too. My instinct was creeper vibes and I tried to keep my distance from him. Another student who's two years older than Brian said, I don't want to say he was weird, but he didn't have any social skills and he didn't know how to make friends. He was just awkward. One of Brian's high school friends said that she remembered Brian being called a creeper and that no girl at school would want to hang out. She said, I honestly think that led to it because he didn't get the right kind of help and it was mostly women who bullied him. And in recent news, we heard about a Tinder date that came up and she said, he gave me really creepy vibes and I was scared to ask him to leave. So I pretended to loudly vomit in the bathroom so he would leave. Always listen to your gut. And there's that gut thing again. She also said that he kept trying to touch her and kept looking at her, laughing weirdly. And when she asked why he was doing that, he would say that he's not doing it. And then she said, after he left, he told me I had good birthing hips and I just never talked to him again. Now, the comment I made earlier about the bar in Pennsylvania and how Brian made people uncomfortable there and there was that note system. They said, staff put it in there. Hey, this guy makes creepy comments. Keep an eye on him. He'll have two or three beers and then just get a little too comfortable. He would ask women who they're with, where they lived, and they would make these patrons very uncomfortable. And it was said if the women weren't interested that he would get upset with them a little bit. But the owner said, I went up to him and I said, hey, Brian, I just wanted to talk to you real quick and make sure that you're going to be respectful this time and we're not going to have any issues. He said he was shocked that I was saying that. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. You have me totally confused. And after that, Brian never came back in. Back at his university, they said that Brian seemed like he was on the knife's edge between exhaustion and worn out. And at the time, it was extremely difficult to tell which was which. The classmate described Brian as awkward and egotistical. He said he had to make absolutely sure you knew he was smart. He had this intellectual capacity. And this student said he remembers that Brian was eager to debate and talk down to female students in the program. He said he was overly intrigued by his studies and would come off as combative and off-putting. One classmate said that Brian got into it with this female student, got into a heated discussion about a criminology concept. And he was accused of mansplaining, not my word, the other person's word, mansplaining to her. So she got so upset that she left her class and left her belongings all behind. And it was reportedly also said that Brian made certain re remarks that proved his anti-LGBTQ stances. Now there's reports also from Washington State University from faculty members saying that there's multiple conversations and interventions reporting Brian's bias toward female students. And it ultimately got him fired from his teacher position. And remember, Brian actually talked about his teacher position and still working there when he was pulled over in the side of the road coming from Washington and going to Pennsylvania. And I'll talk about those in one second. But Brian was described as super chatty in class. He loved to talk about these cases except for when the University of Idaho murders come, came up. And they said he got quiet. So it's gonna be an interesting point again for the prosecution. Why wouldn't he as a student be so involved like he was 
previously. So one student who's in the program with them said that he was incredibly engaged when it came to classroom discussions and he said especially for forensic psychology which is understanding a criminal's mindset. According to him, he would talk during every session. He said that Brian became friendlier and friendlier after the killings. He said he seemed to get a little chattier going into the later parts of the term and stressed that he doesn't remember Brian ever making a particular reference to the Idaho case, which is interesting, right? This same student said this case was brought up in four different classes and Brian stayed silent. And then when it came to a female-male dynamic, the same student said he remembers Brian being eager to debate and talk down to female students in the program, as opposed to being more measured and confrontational with the guys. And what's interesting is I also have read that when he was a teacher assistant, he was harder on the females grading them than the males. So he was fired from this teacher position and it was interesting because he was fired due to these behavioral problems. He was facing disciplinary actions and he was let go actually a few days before his arrest, which actually would be after he was pulled over on the side of the road. He started the position in August. He was put under investigation within one month due to behavioral problems and he had a sexist attitude toward women. He was issued several warnings about his behavior and he was actually brought into a meeting with a group of professors to discuss it with his attitude towards women being a key talking point. A letter was given to Brian before he was terminated and stated that his attitude toward women was a key concern and it talked about being rude to women grading the women that he taught differently to the men and having a sexist attitude towards females he interacted with at the school. And so he had four months of being a teacher's assistant, but he got into multiple, it says, altercations with one of the professors. So the first altercation took place reportedly on September 23rd. So just a month after, or within that month, he got hired and he was called to meet the professor about his behavior. But it says his behavior increased with reports of him becoming increasingly feisty, belligerent, and getting into arguments with professors in the run-up to the murders. On October 3rd, he had a meeting to discuss his professional behavior. On October 21st, Professor Snyder emailed Brian telling him he had failed to meet the expectations he had outlined in the previous discussion with him. And on November 2nd, which is 11 days before the murders, Brian met with the professor to discuss an improvement plan for his behavior. On December 7th, he attended this meeting with a professor about this improvement plan, which is only two days before the end of classes. But on the day of the end of classes, he got into another altercation with this professor. The professor condemned his behavior and said, it's apparent that you have not made progress regarding your professionalism. December 9th was that second altercation with him. And then on December 19th, just a month after the murders, that's when Brian was fired. December 22nd, some reports are saying that he was withdrawn from the Washington State University data system. Brian is due in court on June 26th. Let me know your thoughts below. Do you have any information for me or you'd like to cover in another video? Please let me know. Check out all my videos on that case right here. And you can also check out my Papa Roger theory right here. It's a new one. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you soon. Berger wrote an essay when he applied for an internship. Why can't I say internship? Analysis of agency data. Da data. Brian had interviewed for one of two research positions. <laughs> okay.